Over 2,000 years ago, two disillusioned disciples walked along a dusty road to Emmaus. They had just witnessed Jesus, their friend and leader, whom they hoped to be the Messiah, suffer a gruesome death by crucifixion. Doubt, fear, and uncertainty clouded their conversation as they journeyed home questioning the future. Until something miraculous happened. The risen Jesus appeared and answered their questions. Today, many young Catholics step onto college campuses with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed of faith given to them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, scheduled to be released in the summer of 2021, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. To pre-order your copy and help spread the word about the book, visit patchworkheart.org. Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis. Hi, welcome to Journeys in Faith here on this Friday evening on Fiat Ministry Network. Thank you so much for joining us. We have an amazing guest this evening. We have Bear Wozniak. He's an EWTN host and a world surfer champion. So thank you so much, Bear, for joining us. Hey, Anne. Aloha. Glad to be here with you and your all the people that are viewing, listening. Yeah, that's right. And you were a guest on our podcast, too, with Bill Snyder and I on Sewing Hope recently. So we got to know each other a little bit on that program. But now I wanted to bring you over to Fiat Ministry Network so that this audience here can get to know you better. And a lot of them already know who you are just from the great work that you've done. Uh, so, you know, the show is called Journeys in Faith. So I thought we could start out with, as we always do, the journey of the person that we're interviewing, which is yourself. And we'd love to hear more about how you got to where you are now and how you became such a man of faith. Okay. You want me to jump in? Please do. Okay. Uh, well, there I was, blonde, blue-eyed, bronzed, and buff, and in my prime. Oh, no, that's different. That's for surfing interviews. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I, I think of, it's very Catholic to ask about the journey, you know? It's not like once saved, always saved type theology. Mm -hmm. We're on a journey. And my wife and I just got through watching the Hobbit series, all six of those movies. <clears throat> and they're on a journey. They're on an adventure. And our ministry is called Deep Adventure uh, Ministries. And our, our retreats, we call them Deep Adventure Quests. So we really are on a journey. And the thing about uh, the Catholic journey is that we journey with others. We're not journeying alone. Uh, but I was raised, uh, I was raised a Catholic. My mother was a Catholic convert, so very strong Catholic. My dad was Ukrainian, uh, from the Ukrainian right. So, um, we met, we went to mass every, um, Sunday and I loved going to catechism. 
Uh, I loved the nuns that taught us. And then I, and I was always so good at answering all their questions. I just, I just loved it. I, they gave you holy cards, you know, if you, if you got the answers right. Um, but there came a point when I was thinking, who is this historical Jesus? Is, does he really even, did he really live? Did he really exist? This is like in my high school days, right? And in college. And I heard about the Bible, but I had never read it. It seemed like this mysterious book. And I picked it up a little bit because I thought, well, it's a good religious thing to do. But in college, I really began to start wondering, you know, why, uh, uh, you know, is there really a God? And if there is a God, I'd really like to know him. You know, um, I, I thought of God as, as someone who would uh, write child support checks, but wouldn't spend any real time with you. Kind of like a... Wow. Uh, a uh, like you wound up the clock and set the universe in motion, but but did he really want to have a personal relationship? And I would sometimes pray, but I thought of it as an, as a religious act, and I felt like my prayers kind of bounced off the ceiling. But I was really pursuing a virtuous life. Um, I was in college, a junior in college. I didn't drink, I didn't smoke. Um, it wasn't uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll for me. You know, I was really trying to live a life of virtue. But somewhere in my junior year, I just thought, if that's all there is, if there isn't really, if I'm never going to really get to know God, then why am I living like this? Why am I even living, trying to pursue a virtuous life? I, even, I haven't, hadn't even had a drink yet. I was a junior in college. And, um, and so I was kind of becoming um, disenchanted. And I took a philosophy class at Baylor University, national champion basketball team this year. And um, there's this beautiful room small it was a, it was like more like a, a boardroom surrounded by volumes of old books and we studied the we, we went through philosophy and i thought i'm going to find it here i'll find the answer in philosophy but every philosopher I've, i read seemed to fall short and almost get there some of them but then it seemed to fall short and then i thought well i'm going to pursue eastern religion it was real popular back then so i'm going to hydrate take a sip of water here yeah sure so I really got into martial arts. Uh, I, I took, got into uh, Taekwondo, which is something I pursued my whole life and eventually became a second degree ninja black belt. But I thought, well, I'll find my, I'll find, um, uh, my spirituality there in Eastern religion. And I just, felt, I just felt disenchanted there too. And, uh, and after going pursuing, you know, the philosophically, where, you know, it's like Pilate said, what is truth? And Jesus was standing right in front of him. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I, I was just kind of at that impasse. And it wasn't that I didn't want to go deeper with God. It's just I didn't know how. And my mother, who uh, in her youth had gone through really, really tough, tough times and was raised by several different people. Because her mother uh, died when she was young. And her father had left them when she was even younger. I went And... Um, um, she, she stayed with some nuns, I believe some Carmelite nuns up in the Santa Cruz area. And, uh, and she had stayed in touch with some of them and they had mentioned to her about the Catholic charismatic renewal. And that was beginning about that time. This was in the, this is around 73. So it goes way back. And my mom went to one of their prayer meetings and she said, this is awesome. And she, so one day she said, you want to go to this prayer meeting with me? And I said, it sounds like, like the worst idea in the world to go sit with a bunch of old ladies and stuffy chairs which by the way i've come to know little old ladies they're the real prayer warriors in the yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah we call them the mama bears but um but uh uh she said you know it's really it's really cool people really know the lord there and 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 there's a couple cute girls so i thought well okay 
maybe I'm interested. She said, if you go, I'll buy you a new pair of blue jeans. So that kind of sealed the deal because I was kind of paying my own way at that time in college. And so I went. And when I went to this prayer meeting, I saw people that really loved the Lord. It wasn't a religious thing with them. It seemed like when they prayed, they really felt there was a two-way dialogue going on. There was, a, there was an experience of the Lord. And I know our faith isn't by experience, but there's something deep down in our knower, you know, that it's not the rah-rah necessarily uh, excitement that the Lord definitely brings to us, but it's way down in your heart knowing him. But I really want what you have. And I said, well, you need to really think about it because this costs you everything. You need to be willing to surrender your whole life. When you say, I give my life to you, Jesus, um, you need to be willing to surrender your whole life. And so they said, wait a week, which I thought was cool because it wasn't like they were going to try to get me some emotional decision, but to really think about things, which is a very Catholic way to do things, right? And so the next week I went back and the prayer meeting was so beautiful. I just felt like I was the first time in my life experiencing a, a real experiencing a real uh, the presence of the Lord. And then we went in the back and they prayed for us. Uh, I had a, a, fr a friend of ours, our family was visiting, a young woman, she was there too, and she was being prayed with. And I just remember um, uh, thinking this is going to be cool. It's going to be like maybe uh, like if uh, I asked a girl out on a date and she said yes, I would be like it would be good. It would be, make me feel happy. But I didn't expect anything like what happened. So I remember uh, um, one of the men there. One of the men there uh, said, "Do you want to give your life to Jesus?" And the minute he touched me, it was like boom, you know. And this is just an insurance salesman who plays the guitar, leads the worship, you know. Just like just just Christians doing the stuff, doing what you're supposed to be doing. And uh, and then they began to pray with me. I didn't realize they they had fasted for the full day and and that they had prepared themselves too. And when they began to pray for me, I just felt this infusion of, of liquid, warm love just going through my whole being. And, uh, and I remember, um, I'm really not one who's given to tears. I, I, I am not, probably haven't had a tear in a long time. The last time I had a tear was when I was uh, filming Long Ride Home and we were, uh, we were at, a, a Saint, at Father Mark Goring's uh, church in uh, charismatic church in Houston and, I, and the Holy Spirit just kind of showed up but it seems like the Lord can bring me to tears and so that at that moment um, I just felt this powerful infusion and it's like the Lord's love just was going into every area of my life and every door every every little area and just forgiving and healing and uh, it, it and I remember almost like well don't go in that door but it was just like every single door was sprung open and I was filled with his light and love. And I knew from that moment, I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that Jesus is Lord. And Jesus is real. Mm -hmm. Not just God, but that this Jesus Christ is is uh, is real. And the Holy Spirit became my best friend. I mean, the Holy Spirit just filled me. And uh, I remember I was weeping a little bit. And then I just was filled with such joy that my arms had to go up in praise and worship. And I began to pray in a new language. And I was like... Um, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like. Uh, it wasn't like ecstatic utterance, because that means you really don't have control. But there was just this urge, and they encouraged me to pray, and a, and a new language came out. And it was interesting, uh, and because the language was very rough sounding, it was very much a language, but the words 
were, I would say, Eastern European sounding. And, uh, and uh, I was just so happy. And so I left and my, my, dad, my dad had not been to one of these meetings and he wanted to know what, what, what happened to you when I went, I went by that, his house before I went back to my college dorm or apartment. And he said, well, let me hear, you were speaking a new language, let me hear it. And he said, I recognize that, that he's Ukrainian. And he said, that's not Ukrainian, but I recognize the word God and I recognize the word love. And so uh, Bob and uh, Bob and Charles, Charles DeVoe and Bob said to him, well, we would love to come by and visit you sometime. And dad said, well, sure, I'd love that, which he, which means don't ever come. You know, he, he was not very oh. <laughs> demanding job where he worked with people all the time to encourage them and challenge them. And uh, he was not really, didn't have much left to give after his work. And, uh, but they came that Friday. And I just remember when we prayed with my father to receive the baptism of the spirit, that while I was praying, while we were praying with him, my language changed to be more of a, what I would call a heavenly language. And, you know, people wonder why, why, uh, why would God do this strange, crazy thing of gift of tongues? And I always tell people it's illogical not to pray in the spirit. It's totally illogical not to pray in tongues. And they go, why? Well, I, go, well, I, I used to lead the worship in a Catholic charismatic prayer meeting in Las Cruces, New Mexico. You see us in one of our episodes of Long Ride Home, riding on motorcycles through that. And they were mostly Hispanic. And we would pray in English during the prayer meeting, maybe six or 700 people there. It was a big, uh, relatively big prayer group. And, uh, and uh, it would be so beautiful. But when we were in smaller groups, they would pray in their native tongue. And it was so beautiful. You could, their hearts were really able to really be set free and really love the Lord. And, and, and the Lord, I wonder, you know, we should pray in our, our native tongue. And if our citizenship is in heaven, What's our native language? It's only logical that we would speak more freely and more beautifully. We pray in the gift of the spirit. And I found, um, I found uh, immediately after that experience that I just wanted, I figured everyone would want to know. I didn't realize people might not want to know. I figured everyone would want to know that you can know God. And so if people were sitting alone at the uh, college you know, lunchroom, I was probably going to sit with them. And many, many people gave their life to the Lord. Many, many people, which gave me the opportunity to pray with people and see the Holy Spirit do beautiful and, and amazing things. And one of the things I learned is when I prayed with people, I may not pray in tongues out loud. I might be praying very softly in the spirit. But as I pray in the spirit, I know I'm praying God's will for this person. And in time, I, uh, I, it'll kind of settle into my heart what it is the Lord wants to do with that person. Because the Holy Spirit's moving through me and showing me and then more more uh, beautiful things happen because I can s share with the people an insight or a thought that maybe the Lord has for them and it really opens up their heart wide open then to to the Lord's ministry so I would say for the moment of my uh, my my giving my life to the Lord I was a Catholic I've been baptized I was a Christian but from the moment of really saying yes Lord I think kind of like confirmation is kind of like uh, it's about the Holy Spirit right this mm -hmm. was kind of re-releasing of the, the spirit I received in confirmation, but I know my care, everyone is, is an evangelist. In our, in our show, Long Ride Home, I, I at one point had every, I, I asked every single man to say into the camera, hello, my name is blankety blank, and I am a Catholic evangelist, because every 
Christian is. And if you're not, then you're a fraud. You know, you yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you better check to see how how real your relationship is with the Lord. But some also have that special charism that that's kind of like I'm compelled to share the word of God like that. And, and it's not like and that everything was rosy. I just remember at that moment wanting to die and go to heaven. I felt no reason to stay on earth anymore. And uh, and I and it was a honeymoon. They call that a honeymoon time with the Lord. Where everything's just so wonderful and so good. Yes, and yes. Gave me this little book called The Dark Night of the Soul by uh, John of the Cross. And I thought, well, I'm glad I got to skip that step. You know, and I realized that's really not what it's like. When you when you ask Jesus, when you say to Jesus and you call him Lord, that isn't just a title. That's saying he's the boss, you know, and you're not. And so well, the Lord in time trusts us uh, to take us into deeper paths. And sometimes that's dry, arid, and sometimes very difficult passages in our life that allow our love to change from being a mercenary type love where we love God for what he can do for us and we begin to love God just for who he is so perfectly stated it reminds me of what you said a little while ago when you talked about those people who were evangelizing you that were charismatic and when they seriously asked you if you were ready to make that commitment so that was something I know you said that you had never heard it quite said in that way that it was not just like oh let's uh, commit ourselves to the Lord and be happy together, that it was more like this was a life commitment. So it was more than just like this happiness, this momentary happiness. This was something that you're giving your life to. Yeah, there's a heresy out there. I was teaching about it today. I, you know, I do an ocean a sunrise catechism every morning. We This is our second time going through the catechism line by line every morning down at the beach for 15 minutes on Facebook Live. And we're talking about how you can be part of the church you can be part of the body but not part of the heart of the church that just because you've been in this this the church and and you've been around and been and been, had access to all of these sanctifying graces you can go to hell you know and there was a heresy on the campus where i went baylor university which is a southern baptist university and these people were all praying for me to be saved you know as they would say yeah but um, unfortunately there's a heresy among some protestants of the once saved always saved which is not consistent jesus said work out your salvation in fear and trembling and so um i, lo I love i think we began to talk about how you, the name of your show is called the journey what's journeys in faith yeah and so it is a journey and mm -hmm. you know you can it's not how you you know it's staying the course and and it's not like, oh, you better, you better be afraid you're not going to make it to heaven. It's like when you surrender your will to God, that's when you really experience life with pain and, 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 and joy, both. You really experience life to the fullest. And um, I remember I was on a reality show with, um, with, um, called Clean Break. I'd, I'd, it was my idea and Fox took it up and developed it and I got to be part of it. And uh, one of the men had a tattoo on his ribs saying, I've come to give you life and give it. One of the three young men that we brought through a mentoring experience had that, that I think it's John 10, 10, I've given, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. But that might be abundantly hard sometimes, but in it all with Jesus and who would want, I don't want to be anywhere else but with Jesus. Your faith is so incredible, and, and I'm really blessed, honestly. I mean, it's an honor for me to have you on this show and on, on to Fiat Ministry Network. And, of course, you were a guest with Bill Snyder and I on our podcast, too. 
So we do have a lot more to talk about because uh, we have to take a quick commercial break. So I just want to invite people to go to your website. Maybe when we're on that break, you can check out deepadventureministries.com, Bear Wozniak, and learn more about his life, faith, and mission. So we'll be back in just a few minutes here on Journeys in Faith. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. Now I had been brought up without any prayer, without Bible, without church, nothing of that kind. And so when my father died, I became suicidally depressed. I, I had no desire to live. And yet, by the grace of God, uh, whenever I got to the point of actually taking my life, I always had this interior conviction that if I took my life, I would simply find it again on the other side and it would be permanent misery. But it wasn't until I became a wife and a mother and I began to try and pass my faith on to my children that I realized that everything I knew about Jesus was memorized doctrine. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. Uh, I was definitely not intentional, I was stuck rope in my family. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous, meekness that empowered him to play the game. And I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it. Honey, you've been trying to quit and you've been saying this and saying that. And I'm, a, you know, he, his big line to me is you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never follow through on them. And so this was, Week after week, month after month, he is looking at me like, this is a miracle. There is no way that you, on your own, could have done this. So we are called to sing. All of us are called to sing. All of us are called to express ourselves and join our voice into the unity of the church. Uh, often with my choirs, I, I ask them to listen to each other, to listen to the, the sound that they make together as one. That's what we're aiming for. Through the harmony or unison, we're aiming for a one sound. You need to decide. What are you going to participate in? Are you going to participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice which is in the Eucharist or not. Welcome back to Journeys in Faith here on this Friday evening. And I have with me Bear Wozniak. And as I said right before the break, it's deepadventureministries.com. Do check it out. And during the first half of the show, Bear shared with us his faith journey and how 
Christ and his faith became at the forefront. And obviously that's why he's here on the show, because his faith is the most important aspect of his life. So uh, let's pick up where we left off. If there's anything we that you would like to share about your journey. And then I know we're going to talk about men and and you said manliness and how that's so important in today's culture, too. So kind of, you know, you, you became a husband, a father. And then, uh, you know, life happened. I know you were also a, a certified public accountant. You are very busy with your job there and a successful TV host and a world champion surfer. So um, we got to talk about that, too. I really want to unpack that. So uh, so what happened in that point of your life in, in the early life and then developing uh, as, you know, a man? I just know that my whole from the time I was in uh, a senior in high school, I had this uh, epiphany during a very boring social studies class after lunch, really hard to keep awake. There was this epiphany that one day I could be a father. And it blew my mind that I could bring into existence an eternal being. And my whole life began fo became focused about being a father. Every decision I made about not going to parties, not drinking, you know, being faithful to my wife before I ever met her and things like that were all built upon this one, this, this one great moment of realizing that they, being a father, people, you know, I've run with the bulls of Pamplona. I'm a secondary ninja black belt. I've saved people in the ocean. I've sailed, I've snorkeled, I've scuba dive, I've spearfished, I've paddled my bicycle across the United States. I've rappelled out of my 25th floor window here. Um, um, the list kind of is endless of my adventures. And so people will tell me, uh, you know, I've trained as a ninja black belt, many different martial arts. I've taught people, I've trained world champions. Um, so people, I've had men come up to me and say, you know, I'm kind of torn between being a family guy and having this life, a life of adventure. And I tell them, you just, you just totally missed the point because the greatest adventure you can have is to be a father. Mm -hmm. that, and to be married to a woman and, and cherish her and be a, and to be a father that is the great adventure the ohana the family uh that's where it's at and i know some men are called the celibacy and even to uh the holy orders or to be a priest um uh but for me as a man uh, and that they also are fathers i mean it's kind of crazy isn't it that we're called fathers i used to think god was called father because he was oh, he's kind of like a father but the reality is he's a father he eternally begot his son. Love procreates. It's different with us, but he eternally begot his son. And that's where, when it says God is love, well, where, where, what, what did God love before anything was created? Because Jesus was eternally begotten. The love between the Father and the Son, uh, the early church fathers told us, was this third person, the Holy Spirit. God is love. There's love there. But God, the Father, eternally begot his son. So for me to be a dad is the greatest adventure. Uh, that's that's when I'm more most especially in God the Father's image to be to be um, to be a father. And so that's where the great adventure is. But I'm seeing uh, in my life, uh, I've had some real, I mean, I did not have the most I, I've had a really tough life, failed a lot. I wrote a book that Sophia is republishing um, sometime, I think this fall. Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul. And it uses this, the, the parallel of surfing, which is an incredible parallel 
with the journey of uh, of growing deeper with the Lord. Um, they're just just a million of them. And my world championship in surfing is in tandem surfing. That's very extreme sport. I lift my I lifted my tandem partner, my wife now, who's a rodeo girl, very very powerful woman, athletic and beautiful in every way. Um, I lift her in extreme overhead lifts while we're dropping in on 15 foot faces. And so it's the most incredible expression of a man and a woman together that I can think of. And also a man and a woman together is an expression of Christ in his church, right? So when, when we paddle out, the first thing we do is we turn our back on the aina, the land, right? That's the first spiritual lesson is to turn your back on temporal things, right? Turn your back, be, be uh, dis, uh, disconnected from, um, not that you can't, you don't need to deal with life, but but your attachment to them. Uh, yeah, we the attachment. Yeah, and then we paddle out. And then we wait, surfers wait. My mother called us the great sentries, like like an army out there waiting. By the way, right now I'm looking out at perfect surf and right out here in Waikiki Beach, there's the whales are believing soon, but you can see them breaching out there too, between my house How and beautiful. Diana. But um, some of know, us need jealous. <laughs> yeah. Anybody wants to, we're having our retreat December seventh. Yes, yes. But, let's let's talk about that too for sure before the end of the show. I know that's an important thing that's happening this coming year. But yeah, I love surfers, your story. Yeah, surfers paddle out and we wait. There was a time about four years ago when, I, and I stand up paddle surf unless it's over sixteen feet, then I'll prone surf. But it's so much more fun to stand up paddle surf. But I paddled out on a day when there was just no waves, which is rare in Hawaii. And there's a surf spot right out in front of my house called Queens because I live on Queen Liliokalani's land. And there's a reef right out in front of us. And the children were playing there, anywhere from 16 and below, down to little kids, were just playing on their surfboards because there's no waves. I could see in the distance, though, that I paddled out on this flat day. I wasn't going to catch a single wave. But it's kind of that sense of in the Lord, you paddle out whether you feel like it or not, you go out, you go to the Lord in prayer. And I saw in the distance spinner dolphins, which is different than spinner sharks that they have on the East Coast and on the mainland, by the way. There were, there were dolphins out there, spinner dolphins. So I went out there and I herded them. I went out about oh, a half a mile at least, maybe three quarters of a mile. And I knew that I could herd dolphins. I've done it before. So I went on one side and the right side, one side and the other side. And I brought the dolphins, about 40 of them, right through Queens Beach, right through Queens Reef. And the children are, Uncle Bear, Uncle Bear. And they're just going crazy. And they followed the dolphins at least a mile or more, uh, chasing them towards Diamond Head. That's what happens when you paddle out on a day when it's just flat. You know, but you so, and I also know as a surfer, I see people come out here from the Midwest and they're not used to how bright the sun is. And uh, they'll go out and they'll get just scorched and just get red. Mm -hmm. But what happens is sometimes on a cloudy day, they'll go out and lay on the beach. They don't realize they're getting the sunburn because the sun comes right through those clouds. And I was thinking, you know, that's like going to Eucharistic adoration or going to mass or spending time with in the liturgy of the hours or in, in sacred study. When we don't feel like it and, and we don't feel like we're getting any benefit from it, you're getting a spiritual suntan. And I remember how smart I thought I was. Even if it's a cloudy day, you get a you can get a sunburn. And I remember how thought how smart I thought I was when I came up with that idea. And then like eight years later I read it, read uh, Augustine said the same thing. 
(laughs) (laughs) So you heard it somewhere before, but that's a beautiful visual. And um, now I know there's an opportunity for people who are watching that, you know, live um, in the continental U.S. that might think, wow, I'd love to visit there sometime. Well, there is going to be an opportunity. So can you tell us about that? And I know it's going to be on deepadventureministries.com. They can find it. But what exactly is going to be happening and what's the retreat called? And they can go to just deepadventure.com because that'll okay. link them. Deepadventure.com. Well, you know, we really, my ministry is is challenging men to be manly. But more women follow our ministry than men, actually. It's interesting because mm-hmm. they want their men to get this message, right? And so this is an opportunity for women to bring their husbands or men to bring, it's, it's a family Ohana thing. So families can come or individuals can come. And, uh, and we have our, all of our retreat elements are, are during the day down by the beach. If it's raining, we get under a big banyan tree that protects us. But it's all within eight minutes of where I am right now. The Catholic Church is exactly right next door to my house. We'll have sessions on the beach, sex, sessions in the park. But uh, if people bring their little children, they probably wouldn't want to be there for some of our teaching. But parents can take turns kind of watching the kids. And we're going to be close enough where the kids can be within view of the parents. You know what? And the, there's, a, there's an area right in front of my house that is kind of protects children from the ocean. It's, all, it's a place they can frolic and play. And then even if it's huge surf, uh, it, it, this protects them from that, but they can play. So we really want the great adventure of the families to come and it's singles too. But if they go to deepadventure.com and they go under, we don't have our own page yet, but for it, but if they just say about in there somewhere, they'll see the link to uh, the retreat. And if they go in, here's the cool thing. If you go into my web, into my website and subscribe to my um, weekly newsletter, you get a free uh, audio version of my most recent book, Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue. And then the weekly newsletters are awesome because we have a special thing for the mama bears and the man cave members. And then our weekly show is, is uh, that's on EWTN, the radio show, is also we have a video podcast of it. So they get to watch it instead of just listen to it. And they don't have to worry about missing it because they they got out of church late or something on Saturday night. So, um, and if you do that, every, every few weeks we're, we're telling people about the retreat and that's how they can make sure they get to, to come. But our, our, our ministry is to men, but it's amazing how I was on a, a, a show the other day and about five days ago, it's for young adults. Okay. Zoom video chat. And they kept saying, Bear's going to talk about Catholic masculinity. And I go, no, I'm not. I'm not talking about Catholic masculinity. Well, yeah, you're talking about the cap. No, I talk about manliness. Mm manliness is all that yeah so what's the difference between what they were talking about and then what you're talking about it's so soft and makes me want to throw up kind of it's on masculinity has been kind of co-opted you know that word has been changed into the spectrum you know and to say you're just and manliness is like so hated oh you can't be manly men are doubted you know they look at themselves oh, i better be careful i don't want to be let my manliness show um and the church is full of basically almost like neutered men so many of them are nice guys and i'm, I'm maybe i'm overstating it but i'm sick of nice guys good being a good man is different than being nice yeah jesus, tell us more tell us jesus more. Is nice jesus is not a nice guy to me 
in some ways you can look at him as the biggest, baddest bouncer that there is. Because he said, no man can come to the Father but through me. That sounds like a bouncer to me. You better have the pass. If he would, you know, I can look down right here. My wife has got me hooked on Starbucks. But in afternoon Starbucks, ice cold coffee here in Hawaii. Jesus wouldn't be down here at the Starbucks having a poetry reading. I, it, you know, and the name of the poem would probably be, why can't we all get along? Jesus, did, Jesus didn't say that. He came to save the world. But he said, don't think that I've come to bring peace. I've come to bring a sword. Mm. And so men need to be willing to stand up, step into the breach, take back lost ground, and be manly. That doesn't mean to be chauvinistic in any way or to be some kind of macho idiot. But you need to stand up and be counted. So a good man... I'm sorry, I know a couple of really good men that everyone knows on EWTN. I've been around them when they cuss once or twice. You know, a good man might do that. Nice guy wouldn't. But right. a good man will stand up when they say, hey, we need for you to be part of the Rainbow Committee this year. And he'll say, no, I can't do that. It's not consistent with my, my beliefs. And he knows the minute he does that, he's going to be socially ostracized and his career just stopped. They won't fire him, but he won't go any further in his career. And so this whole woke culture and all of that sort of thing, I love being manly. I love just talking about manliness because it just makes people angry. <laughs> and, isn't it? That there's an anger there. And you're provoking uh, the diabolical spirit of the age uh, in, that, in, in, in refuting that men can be canceled. Well, my, my laugh there was that it's a challenge, right? It's a challenge for people watching. To, to, he's giving us something to think about. So I think that's uh, what I really like about you. And I love your ministry too. It's deep. The website that I have is deepadventureministries.com. I know you said for the retreat, it's deepadventure.com. Anybody right? who goes to deepadventure.com, that takes them to the Deep Adventure Ministries page because people get confused about the how to spell out of the okay. name. Deepadventure.com is a shortcut to get there. To get there. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's an invitation. I want to invite, and unfortunately we do have to end the show pretty soon, but please learn more about him. I mean, and like you are that world-class surfer too. What was the actual um, award, the title? Uh, it's world, was it the world champion, right? Of uh, uh, International Tandem Surfing Association. Yeah. Also recognized the body of surfing, uh, the NSSA. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you know, um, being a world champion uh, means not. You know, the word world, the word champion, doesn't mean oh my God, I'm so great. It means to champion a cause, and so I'm known in the circuit world as someone who championed this sport that oh. people, that brought it to the world and helped help uh, develop others. Right? Well, as a Christian, to be a champion, a mighty man of valor. We want to champion a cause that's greater than us. That's innate in men is to be a hero. A champion is someone who champions a cause. It's not someone who can surf really good. Yeah. And that's because it's more than just the physical, isn't it? I mean, it's the mental, the spiritual. It encompasses all of who you are. Mm -hmm. So I just, I thank you so much for being, yes, real, like I said, it's a real honor for me and for Fiat Ministry Network to host you. I hope, I hope you come back again. We, I will admit we did have some, technical issues with this show but we worked them all out and it's great the finished product is perfect Thank so um to be on your show too yeah join all the people that are listening or watching that's right 
tell us the dates for the retreat just so the people know exactly when it is. I know it's toward the end of 2021. Pearl Harbor Day is December 7th. Okay, so it's right around that time. With the, with the retreat. And my wife's going to teach women how to do the luau, and I'm going to teach surfing lessons and all kind of cool stuff. We're going to be having a lot of fun. not Because I believe in recreation for, for recreation. For recreation. I've heard you say that before. Their, I love that. When people get out of their daily routine and recreate, rec it helps them also to recreate, to think recreate. through a new, a new vision and direction, trajectory in their lives. It's beautiful. Now, we're going to have to end, but I want to invite people that after this show is over to go to patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry, and you can watch a five-minute show with Bear and I called Five Minutes of Faith. He's going to talk about three ways to grow in your prayer life. So, Bear, thank you again for joining us. Aloha. Aloha. We'll see you all next week here on Journeys in Faith. Journeys of Faith is a production of Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. For more information about Journeys of Faith, email info at fiatministrynetwork.tv. And be sure to friend, follow, and like us on social media. Just search Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis. Patchwork Heart Ministry is committed to sowing hope into broken hearts by helping young people encounter the love of Jesus Christ and His Catholic Church through prayer, storytelling, and media initiatives. We invite you to prayerfully consider supporting this mission financially. Mail your tax-deductible donation to Patchwork Heart Ministry at P.O. Box 563 Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, zip code 53147 or visit patchworkheart.org to donate online. That's Patchwork Heart Ministry, P.O. Box 563, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, 53147, or online at patchworkheart.org. Did you enjoy this podcast? Listen to other podcasts from Patchwork Heart Ministry by following Patchwork Heart Radio wherever you listen to podcasts.